0: Welcome to the Gospel of Grace Radio Broadcast, a Primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message.
1: Welcome, welcome, listening friends to the Gospel of Grace Radio Broadcast. I'm Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, located at 40283 Wolf Road near Caledonia, Mississippi, in the Bartahatchie community. And I also welcome you on behalf of Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, located in between Mathiston and Ackerman, Mississippi, at 11 Staten Road, Ackerman, Mississippi. Both of our churches meet at 1030 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would absolutely love to be able to meet you. Uh, Contact us either in person at our church houses. We also meet every Wednesday evening at 6 PM on the grounds of new covenant church located at 200 West Garrett road in Starkville, Mississippi, 6 PM every Wednesday night, come and join us for an abbreviated message and breaking of bread and come to our church houses, ten thirty AM every Sunday morning, or you can go to our website, gospel of grace.com. Contact us via that method. And we'll be glad to hear from you. We, uh, Thank you for tuning in. We thank you for praying for this ministry and we hope that you'll contact us and let us know that you're listening. Today we have a message regarding Jesus Christ as the rainbow and we hope to be able to bring you some wonderful uh, insight into the word of God today. So stay tuned with us and we'll be right back with today's message. We
2: are blessed.
1: Thank you very much for being with us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. And I'm turned in my King James Translation Bible to Genesis chapter nine. Subject I would like to approach today is to examine the rainbow, the concept of the rainbow, that it is a token of the promise of God and try to view it scripturally and see what kind of wonderful assurances in Jesus Christ we can see through examining the rainbow and to what it points. In Genesis chapter nine, begin reading verse eight, And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, "And I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. Here is what we have an example of a covenant of promise. And this covenant is unilateral. That means God is making this covenant regarding the beneficence and benevolence to men, but it is not incumbent upon mankind to do anything to maintain this covenant. God made a promise, God made a covenant, and it's regarding the good and the welfare of man that he would no more destroy the earth by a flood. And as a token of this covenant of promise that God made, he's now set the rainbow in the sky. That's right, the same rainbows that we see after uh, a rainstorm when the sun shines and we see its beautiful array in the clouds. That was first placed there by the Lord as a token, as a sign, something for us to look at and points us to a God of promise. Now, this is a covenant of promise not a covenant of law, okay? This is not the first covenant we see. This is a very early covenant, the Noahic covenant as it is referred to, very early. But there was a covenant before this. We go to Romans chapter five, verse 12 through 14, and we see, wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. You see, that is a covenant of law. That's referring to the covenant that God made with Adam, that he told him of all the fruit of the trees, of the garden of the garden of Eden, thou mayest freely eat. He said, but the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou mayest not freely eat. And the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so that was a law given and it was incumbent upon Adam to keep that law. And Adam had no sinful compulsions when that law was given to break that law. Uh, He just willfully did so of his own mental cognitive exercise as rebellion against God. A lot about that I don't know, but I do know what the Bible teaches about it. That was a covenant of law. So a law had been given and a law had been broken. And I'll tell you that broken law casts us all into sin and condemnation and death. And uh, well done, Adam. and We've been paying the dreadful price ever since. So remember now, as we have established, the Noahic covenant, was a covenant of promise and god gave the rainbow to affirm god's promise and god would be true to his promise so i'll give you this as a little practical lesson when people try to terrify you that the whole world is going to flood because of the melting of the ice caps Uh, Don't let them terrify you. God has promised he would no longer allow a flood to cover the earth. Now, does that mean we don't need to be good stewards of our earth? We don't need to use good sense? We don't need to utilize science? No, I'm not saying that at all. The two are not the same issue. We need to trust in the Lord and believe what he says. Now, what is a rainbow? Rainbow is when sunlight hits a rain droplet. Some of that light is reflected. The electromagnetic spectrum is made up of light with many different wavelengths and each is uh, expressed at a different angle, reflected at a different angle. Thus, the spectrum is separated, producing a rainbow. And you remember learning in science class, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Now, a good point of interest that should help affirm you to believing the scriptures is the scriptures rightly explained this refraction that takes place, this separation of the colors, well before science ever declared an understanding of it. Uh, We have a scriptural evidence for that. Back in Job chapter 38, verse 24, the question was asked, by what way is the light parted, which scattereth the east wind upon the earth? Notice that question, by what way is the light parted? You see, the rainbow, people didn't recognize and realize that the rainbow was just an expression of, as it were, divided light, or the different uh, wavelengths of light being bent in different ways and being expressed in different wavelengths, and therefore you could see it. See, science didn't realize that. The scientific community did not. It wasn't until 1665 that Isaac Newton, who was then a young scientist at Cambridge University in England, He took a glass prism, held it up to a beam of sunlight streaming through the window. He saw the sunlight that passed through the prism spread out into the colors of the rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. This was a crucial step in beginning to understand some of the properties of light. Now that wasn't until 1665. The Lord declared it through Job uh, thousands of years before that. Now, let's look back at the rainbow. Notice now, it's a dividing of light, but this light is not destroyed. See, if you were to divide me, it would be destroyed, you see. But the light isn't destroyed, it's just divided, as it were. It never separates from each other completely. You just see it expressed in different ways in the wholeness of the beam. So, therefore, the light is not destroyed, but it is affected by the material through which it passes. If it passes through a prism or through a raindrop, it is bent and divided, but not destroyed. And this occurs for the eyes of the beholder. Well, friends, there's an important, wonderful picture in this, a type and shadow of who? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? Because we're told in more than one place that Jesus is the light. One such place is in John chapter one. Verse six says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And I'll tell you, any man that ever receives light uh, of revelation and of salvation has been lighted by the only true light and that light is the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians chapter four, it is a light that cometh out of darkness and we see that in the face of the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus is the light. And notice also Jesus as the light, just like the rainbow, was affected by the material. Okay, that which was eternal, that which was spirit, became man inhabited flesh and allowed himself to be affected by this material world, just like light, which is an energy, does. It is affected by the material. Let's look at it positively. In First John chapter 4, verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see, because of his eternal everlasting love for us, and God is love, God came to this earth, invaded time, and allowed himself uh, being affected by the objects of his grace, his beloved mankind, the elect among mankind, Jesus came down from heaven the son of God came down from heaven and inhabited a man, became a man. And that man was Jesus Christ. So there you see in a positive way because of love, God, uh, the immaterial, allowed himself to be affected by the material. Now notice we see this also happen negatively. In Acts chapter two, verse 22, we read in the preaching at the Feast of Pentecost, ye men of Israel hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Oh, the precious and pure light of eternity allowed himself to be affected, divided as it were, by the material. Now notice now, though Jesus was affected, he also was not destroyed, just like light. Light passing through a prism is not destroyed. It's just manifested in a way in which the beholder can see it, but yet it is still congruent, intact light. The same can be said of Jesus Christ. Notice in Revelation chapter five, verse five, this wonderful vision regarding the four and 20 elders and the the lion of the tribe of Judah, And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, that's Jesus Christ, my friends, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. You see, brothers and sisters, the light was affected by the material, but the light was not destroyed. Jesus Christ, though he stayed in a borrowed tomb, it was a borrowed tomb because he knew he wasn't gonna need it long. And he was risen in the resurrection, being declared the son of God through power. You see, the light was not destroyed. Jesus, the true light, was affected in such a way that we, the beholders, the objects of his grace, the objects of his love, could see it. John 1 to 18, for the law was given by Moses. Remember, that law on Mount Sinai was a covenant of law and it was accompanied by fire and earthquake and fear and trembling. You see, not like the covenant of promise that we're dealing with today that God made for Noah and for all of us by extension. It said, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You see, that's a covenant of promise. The New Testament is time and again referred to as a covenant of promise, an agreement of promise. God is not asking us in the New Testament church to do something so that we can become his heirs of grace. No, we, my friends, recognize that. Our light, we recognize our Lord Jesus Christ, and we come to believe and know what He has already done for us because of His own promise. He unilaterally, monogistically saved us. He said, No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. You see, this light was affected by the material, the light was divided but not destroyed, and the light was made manifest for the eyes of the beholders who were covered by that sweet and precious promise of the everlasting covenant made between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit before the world ever began, predestinating an elect people unto salvation through the life, death, sacrifice, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Savior. Now, remember our definition of the rainbow. Quote from uh, a definition, the electromagnetic spectrum is made of light with many different wavelengths and each is reflected at a different angle. By the same token, brothers and sisters listening today, Jesus, the true light, has different aspects to his being, none of which interrupts or interferes with the other. To the contrary, all of the precious attributes, characteristics and aspects of Jesus Christ harmonize and come together into a beautiful confluence of brilliant full light, okay? What do I mean by that? Well, as you look at light and you can see it expressed as red, orange, yellow, et cetera, et cetera, each one has a specific characteristic but yet it's still of the same light, Let's look at Jesus Christ as the Redeemer. Notice this reference to the Noahic covenant that Brother Isaiah, writing by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, expresses for us regarding the faithfulness of the Lord Redeemer, Jesus Christ, to save his people. Look at Isaiah chapter 54, verse eight. In a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Notice that. He's the Lord, thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. So you see, my friends, Jesus in his function as Redeemer was not waiting for us to do any part that we could do. The only part we had done was to be sinners and Uh, destroyers and wasters and, and low down reprobates. That's the only part we played, but here in this covenant of redemptive promise, which Jesus Christ came to ratify and seal with his blood and to complete. Hence, when he bowed his head, he said, it is finished. Okay, he redeemed his people. Let's look at another beautiful view of the dividing of this rainbow or aspects of this light. Let's look at Jesus as our apostle and high priest. Notice Hebrews chapter three, verse one. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Here we're seeing how complete a savior Jesus Christ is. Because he said, consider he is the capital A apostle of our profession. Well, what is an apostle? An apostle means one who is sent, one who is sent forth. Notice what the apostles did in the primitive church. The apostles represented God to men. God filled them with the Holy Spirit and the message they should speak. And those apostles relayed it and preached it and the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God and the manifestation and the power of God was felt in the hearts of his born again children who came under the sound of it. Yes, apostles represent God to men, but notice he's a high priest of our profession as well. What did a priest do? A high priest represented men to God, men who are fallen, men who are sore and sick, men who need intercession. That high priest made that intercession for them, the atonement for them. So Jesus is our apostle and our high priest, amen? Jesus is our friend. Let's look at another aspect of Jesus. How wonderful and sweet this one is that he is the friend of sinners. John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Oh, brothers and sisters, I'm so thankful to be able to see that beautiful uh, aspect of the brilliant light of Jesus Christ. Oh, this astounds me, this next one. Brother, being a brother. Hebrews 2.11, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. Who is he that sanctifieth? I mean, who placed you in covenant relationship with Jesus Christ? The Bible tells us God the Father did that. and Jesus willingly came and represented us. So he said, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren i don't see how i don't see how listening friend that my perfect lord both the lion and the lamb jesus christ could be unashamed to own me as his brother but i I rejoice that he does it's all of my hope and all of my desire let's look at another aspect jesus as our husband Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Oh, that beautiful aspect of the rainbow. What about him as our king? Psalm 24.7-10, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Even the apostle Paul identified Jesus Christ as the king of glory or the Lord of glory. He did that in 1 Corinthians chapter two. He was also identified as the blessed and only Potentate, king of kings and Lord of lords by the apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter six. So here, this is speaking of Jesus Christ. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord. Jehovah, strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. That's pointing to Jesus as he came and fought and won his elect by suffering for them on the tree of the cross and giving his life willingly. But now notice verse nine. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? Here we see another coming in of the King of glory. Who is this? Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. That is Sabaoth, the Lord of Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, multitudes, millions, billions, the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory, Selah. So first time we saw him coming into heaven, he came as a conquering captain of salvation. And the second time we see him coming into heaven, he's followed by countless hordes of people, hosts a people uh, of every kindred nation, people, and tongue. Here we see this. When Jesus comes to receive us unto himself in heaven, he will carry us through the gates of heaven, my friends, leading the charge. Oh, as we can go in and receive the fullness of our promised salvation. Thank you, Lord. Notice all of these aspects of Jesus. Not one interferes, not one rubs. There's no friction. There's no disharmony, disunity, nothing. Nothing. It all works together for good for his elect children of God. All are fused together seamlessly into glorious light. And we close with Colossians chapter two, verse nine, for in him, in Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Though he was affected by the material, though that light was bent in such a way, he, his body was broken for us. He was bent in such a way and manifested himself in different ways in his life here on earth and in the giving of his gospel that we, the heirs of promise, are made to see. But my friends, that light was not destroyed. That light is still as powerful as it ever was and ever will be, the eternal God. In him, in Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye, this oh, this is sweet, and ye You little sinner under the sound of my voice today. You whose heart is ravaged with sin and the evils of this world. Maybe you've been uh, captivated by alcohol or by drugs or by sexual promiscuity or by hate or by political strife. Maybe you've been captivated by fame. Maybe you've been captivated by a desire to be popular. Maybe you've been captivated by debt and consumerism, whatever the case may be. And you know, there's got to be something better than this world. And you feel your need of a savior. I'm here to, tell you, his name is Jesus Christ, the light. Yes, my friends, the law came by Moses. Oh, but grace and truth by the Lord Jesus Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Kindred, I tell you today, embrace him, love him, confess him, join his church. We invite you to come to a Primitive Baptist church 40283 Wolf Road is where we are at Sulphur Springs. 11 Staten Road uh, in between Mathiston and Ackerman, Mississippi is where Macedonia is. 55 Tahoe Road, you'll find Clear Springs Primitive Baptist Church. In Maben. Oh, brothers and sisters, there are Primitive Baptist churches all around. Go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com, and there's a church locator, frequently asked questions, archived messages. We implore you, embrace the light. See him for what he is, love him, adore him, appreciate him, and feel the glow for how wonderful it is. Until we're able to speak with you again next time on such wonderful, glorious subjects. May the Lord and Savior be your light in a special way today.
0: If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under Podcasts with the title The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist Radio Broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 And tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.